baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, um, I was going to say our long national nightmare. It's really not been our long national nightmare. It's been my nightmare with Fred being out is about to end, I think. How about Fred Bottenheimer over there? I hate it when he's gone. Yeah, he'll be back tomorrow. I think he's on a flight back from Las Vegas. He was sharing some pictures with us. I think he he had a pretty good time. Fred had never been to Las Vegas, and he got out and about his wife was there to do a marathon or a half Half. marathon, I think it was, right? But it's a good one, the rock and roll where they play music along the way to kind of keep you going. But aren't you kind of curious what Fred did? Because Marie told him, I don't want you anywhere near. I don't want you on the course cheering me on, nothing like that. I'm doing this. You find things to do on your own. And apparently he did because he sent a bunch of pictures earlier. Yeah, he did. And I look forward to it. He said he has a few stories. And he sent a picture of a burger from a good restaurant. So I thought, okay, we'll take a Gordon Ramsay burger. Yeah, that looked really good. Yeah, come Uh, on. And then he, I think that last picture he sent was from uh, Ka, which he, not not to be confused with Kaka. That's right, please. he went and saw one of the uh, Cirque du Soleil shows. And then there's the Barry Manilow bus. You see that? I loved that. And I wondered if that was part of the rock and roll marathon. I guess that's not really rock and roll, but or whether you know, no, it was something I think, else. I think he's just taking a picture of a van that's promoting Barry Manilow at Westgate. It's so funny because uh, Fred and I kind of share this. We, and I think I told this story recently, my my son, who's 22, the one who's a teacher, he turns 33, or 23 next week. He said, did you, this was in the last year or so, did you take me to a Rod Stewart concert when I was a kid, like 10 years ago? And I said, no, it was Barry Manilow. No Fred, way, I So love Aiden this. was maybe 10 or 11 years old, and Fred took his kids. It was at Chaffetz. I interviewed Barry at the time. It was a fantastic interview. Of course. And I thought, you know what? Let's just say, how bad can it be? Well, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> really? a legit question. Well, oh, no, he's, he's a showman. There's no doubt well, about yeah. it. I will say, I can confess this. You know, when you go back to the first records that I ever had, like my ownership I had, we, I kind of start the era with the, the Led Zeppelin and Tom Petty stuff, mid-70s, as we get into late 70s. But if I'm being honest, I had not only the Partridge family, but I had Barry Manilow Live, the double Weekend record. Weekend in New England. Right. He's got some uh, classics. He's now he's Mandy. How come old on. is he now, though? If oh. he's still performing, he's and he looked That's pretty old question. ten years ago. Let well, he's had a here. lot of work done. But uh, you think? And my cousin Sally always loved Barry Manilow. Let's see here. Barry Manilow is American singer. Oh, he's uh, oh yeah, he's about eighty. He's yeah, 79 I would have guessed. That makes sense. Oh, I would have said over eighty. Up at that. Well, you know, I three think years. I, I think I would have guessed over eighty too. Yeah. But we'll have Fred back tomorrow. A couple other things we should mention on the show today. Uh, there was a, a bit of a meeting last week that caught my attention in the St. Louis County Council where things got a little off the rails, which tends to happen in the St. Louis County Council. Shocker. Councilman Mark Carter will be here. Also Scott Jennings to talk not only politics but baseball because Jennings is down. He's one of our ninety-seven-one FM Talk political insiders. He's down at he was at the game today. He's been there uh-huh. all weekend watching baseball. It's uh, it's an annual trip that he and Joe Arnold, our mutual friend, do. Although I don't think that Joe is down there, but Scott's going to have um, his opinions on everything that's related to East Palestine and beyond. This this story here in St. Louis, which we'll revisit with Kim Gardner and 
the um, you know the terrible tragedy from more than a week ago is still getting a lot of national attention. I saw oh, it yeah. again today on Fox. Uh, we'll revisit that with John Davis. He's a former federal prosecutor, criminal defense attorney on that whole situation. Also on the Murdoch trial, they're taking. I, I had a brain cramp an hour ago, not wondering or I was wondering aloud what they were doing, but they're taking a field trip today, which is interesting. The jury requested to go to the actual murder site. And, I think uh, that's good. Yeah, well, it, it happens. I heard Dana Perino said something on Fox when they were covering this. She said, is that something that happens? And it does happen. I've heard about yeah, it oh, yeah. quite a bit. I've seen it on it TV, Mark, so it must be true. Well, right, it has to be true. If it's I in mean, Law and Order or something on. along those lines, right? All right, let's do this, the last one this week without Fred. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Well, to uh, do some actual history, on this date uh, 72 years ago, in 1951, the 22nd Amendment was ratified. Do you remember what the 22nd was? Uh, no, Sue, but I will look it up if you want <laughs> No, to. I know what it is. Is it? Wait, wait a second. 70? Was this on? Um, 1951. Oh, and I'm wrong and, uh, about this. Yeah, we're coming out of World War II. You know, well, we've know. come out of it. Help me out. It is... Uh, the two terms in office. Oh. President limiting the president yeah. to two terms in office was ratified on this date in history in 1951. Now, none of us likes this movie, although I don't think that Abby did either, but I'll have to revisit it. However, 82 years ago, in 1941, this song from the movie none of us particularly likes won the Best Original Song Oscar. What is a great song? It's not like it I don't like the song. song. It's just the movie. I, when I watched the Pinocchio. movie several years ago. Yeah, it's just the movie to me didn't hold up, and now we've had all these remakes yes, as well. Is, so, right. But Abby, you love the movie, right? I don't no. remember the last time I've seen the movie, but as a small child, I watched the fox in the movie eat an ah. apple to the core in seconds, and I internalized that, and I only eat apples to the core now. Well, that's interesting. Wow. Random, that with you, but sure. interesting. <laughs> uh, this won a Best Original Song Oscar, and Pinocchio won Best Original Score. 82 years ago in 1941. Now, 43 years ago in 1980 at the Grammys, the Doobie Brothers won Best Record and Best Song for this. Just saw something Come on. on the Doobie Brothers today. Are they coming back here to St. Louis? I don't I, know. I, I should have that looked saw that up. But this is the Doobie Brothers with Michael McDonald, yes. who is from St. here Lewis. in St. Louis. So, yeah, this was a huge song. Somebody hit the post on that. It's like, just saw. And that was 43 years ago, which kind of made me go, what? But uh, yeah, 43 years ago, 1980, Doobie Brothers, best record and best song. Wow, they're, uh, by the way, the Doobie Brothers are um, doing an international thing right now. Oh, good for them. With Michael McDonald? Well, you know, that's interesting. I had tickets to see the Doobie Brothers three years ago, right before the pandemic. It was February of 2020. Yeah. And I went to Vegas. That was when everyone was getting sick. And in fact, the band got sick. And they don't think, I I think it still might have been COVID. They don't think that it necessarily was, but it didn't matter because they canceled the show. But that was supposed to be with Michael McDonald. So right now they're in uh, Singapore. They're going to Japan. But the reason I bring this up is not because of that. Here we go. Springfield, Kansas City on the 14th. 
Springfield on the 15th. Um, I could have sworn there was a St. Louis date at some point. I'll keep checking that, All right, too. I'm keep sorry. going. And 24 years ago today, this is a big St. Louis event. Crews blew up the arena, the arena slash checker dome, and it took 133 pounds of TNT to do it. Abby, were you alive for this event? I don't think so. Okay. I remember. I'm going to just well, take no, this Well, here's walk. another question. Abby, do you remember what the arena was? <laughs> I've <laughs> heard stories. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is how big of a deal it was. I, at the time, was working at Kix, which uh, no longer exists, but it was at 106.5. And I was the weekend. I, had to, I was doing weekend mornings, and they sent Stephen D.C. up in a helicopter to cover the event. <laughs> So I would pop them up and they'd say, Sue, they're out there. Oh, and oh, there it is. Smoke. I mean, that's how big of an event it was. That was 24 years ago today. I love that place, though. I know. Fond it was cool. memories of the smoke billowing at the top of right? the arena during a concert or a hockey game. Those were the days, Abby. We could just oh walk in. Cancer sticks were everywhere. We all had a great time. <laughs> the police. Uh, I remember seeing there in July of 1983, and it was such a great Synchronicity show. Synchronicity tour? Yep. I was at that. Remember oh, who warmed so up? Oh, that's so funny. Was it Joan Jett? Uh-huh. It yeah. was Joan Jett. Yeah. Good job. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Bruce Springsteen was there uh, in June of 84. I assume you were there, or was that pre-Mark nope, into it? I was, well, yeah. the first time, it was my first concert ever, was uh, 1981, January, Springsteen, East Street Band, January of 81 at the arena. At I the love Dome. But love yeah, I was it. at several shows there. Okay. Uh, by the way, King Charles is having a hard time getting decent artists to perform at his coronation. Don't you hate it when that happens? So far, he's been turned down by Elton John, the Spice Girls, Harry Styles, Ed Sheeran, and Adele. Now, mostly due to scheduling conflicts, uh, the biggest acts they've booked so far are Lionel Richie and the former British boy, uh, bad boy, Take That, minus their famous member, Robbie Williams. I don't think I know Take That. Do you know Take That, Abby? Not off the top of my head. And Robbie Williams, and then somebody called, or something called, Ollie Murs. I guess Ollie Murs is performing. But yeah, he's gone through quite the list to get there. Only Adele has not said anything. Everybody else had a scheduling conflict. She just crickets. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't like him. I don't know what that is. Now, the Jewel Box in Forest Park has reopened after its $3.5 million renovation. So this is the perfect time to go, Abby. Uh, the glass panes have been cleaned. They've been repaired. It's once again looking pristine, and it really looks cool. So if you want to go, it's open to the public Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. until 4 p.m., Friday, 9 to 3, and then on the weekend, 9 to 11, Sunday, 9 to 2. It, you, it's only a dollar per person, but if you want to go for free, you can go Monday or Tuesday from 9 until noon. It really is worth it. It's so cool. Now, I found a story this weekend of Adam Levine, who made a swap with a classic car dealer. Now, he did this for a rare 1971 Maserati that's supposed to be worth almost a million dollars, but it turns out the car is a fake. Adam said, yeah, he said that he did the vehicle swap in 2029 or 2021 with a guy named Rick Cole, and he gave Cole two cars worth almost a million bucks. And in return, Cole gave him a 1971 Maserati. And uh, apparently uh, only 25 of these were made and they're worth about a million bucks. 
but Adam found out it wasn't real when he had it oh, looked at. Like yeah, that I, uh, wow. He, but here's the thing. He took it to the expert after he owned it. The time to take it to the expert is before, before one exactly. buys it right, exactly. or trades for it. And you'd think he'd be smart enough to do that. Right? He certainly has the funds to do it, at it, least. Exactly. He's got the funds, and uh, I'm sure he just wanted to look like he knew what he was doing. But, Probably. oh, man, that's bad news. And Gene Simmons is hitting it. By the way, he's suing the guy. He claims that Cole knew that it was fake when he sold it to him, so he's suing. Well, uh, guess what? He did know it was fake when he, he sold it to him. Did. Right. I mean, if the guy's not going to get it uh, you know, looked at, then what are you going to do? Okay, Gene Simmons is hitting up the famous Abbey Road studio in England. Gene Simmons is just a money-making machine. He will... He will get anything for cash. Here's what he's doing. He's inviting fans to join him. So on July 10th, if you are a KISS fan, you will be able to spend the day with Gene and record a KISS song with him at the Abbey Road studio. And here's how much it'll cost you. $5,995. That's not that bad. Look, That's not that bad. When you think about there's a lot of people that have money out there. Yes. They're willing to spend a lot of money on tickets. And you, you give them an opportunity like that, I think he's going to sell that thing out. I oh, agree. Yeah. And, and and of course, since he's Gene Simmons, it's not six grand. It's $5,995. Well, this right? is good marketing, It right? is. He's an expert at that. Now, you'll also be gifted with items from Gene's personal KISS collection. You could take photos and videos with him, and he'll sign two of your personal items. No more, no less. That is on July 10th at Abbey Road Studios. What if you, what is it, 5992? 5995. What if, you, what if you spend five bucks more? Can you get three personal items? Yeah. If you get to 6,000? Oh my gosh. It's a legit question. It's Gene. You could probably work that right. out. <laughs> uh, do you want me to keep going? or Do it, one more. Okay, one more. Morning Star Farms is a company that makes vegan and vegetarian food, and they're putting out a new line of fake plant-based chicken fries that taste like Pringles. Oh, now, I like a Pringle. Yeah, me too. Uh, Agreed. I, I have but no problem have with that. But, yeah, I've had chicken fry, finger fries before. I find them disappointing. Have you I had them? I do, too. It's not enough. It isn't. Yeah. Uh, I, well, it's a natural collaboration because Kellogg's is the parent company for Morningstar and Pringles. So there are going to be two varieties, original and scorching cheddar cheese with a Z, which always annoys me. Now, the original... <laughs> We'll start hitting stores next month while the scorching cheddar will not be out until fall. These Pringles chicken fries are frozen, but they come in a bag. Abby, I just... You know, I that, that kind of uh, thought thought about something here. I kind of got a new thing that I haven't told you about. Oh, pl- All right. You know what it is? Something with Pringles? No. Oh. I'm making recipes. I'm, making, I'm, I'm loving this. I know. I've done this for uh, a, a couple of times, and I did it twice over the weekend. Now, these are very simple Recipes. Where, if you where are will. you getting these? Uh, so recipes? there's this. I don't even know how I signed up for this, but there is a website that is cookingprofessionally.com, and there's uh-huh. a couple others. But command I get, cooking. They send that. me emails I, I all the emails. time. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. Uh huh. But so they have some good stuff. They do, and some of them aren't that. Like if I if I look at the recipe and it's super complicated, uh-huh. then I don't, I move on. But I did this. Um, <laughs> Like this slow cooker chicken thing Ooh. over the weekend, which was really good with with pasta, but it wasn't a red oh. sauce. It was you know white sauce. I'm impressed Put by it you. In the slow cooker yesterday. My daughter requested three cheese mac and cheese, and you did it. I did three cheese mac and cheese. Wow! Yeah, with Gruyere cheese, cheddar, and uh, 
American. What is yeah. happening? And I learned something. I yeah, was good until you got oh, to America. Well, okay. All Thank right. you very much. Yes. Let me explain this because that's a legit question. What they said, Sue, didn't know this, learned something. These are not the American cheese slices that you buy, like, you know, in the individually wrapped. wrapped. This you is have real to go to the deli counter American and they give cheese. you, like, a brick of American cheese. I was just trying to do what I they told me. Yes. So I got the American cheese. I got the Gruyere. I got the sharp. Actually, Sounds went with nice. the extra sharp cheddar. Oh, yeah. I had to put everything, yeah. melt the butter, kind of made a roux, mixed oh. everything. Then I melted the cheese. Then I put the, uh, the macaroni in there. It was outstanding. Mark the calendar. It was outstanding. Mark Reardon made a roux. I mean, seriously, I <laughs> well, did not think that was going to happen. You know what? I, back in the day, when I say back in the day, I'm talking like 35 years ago, I had a roommate who was from Houma, Louisiana, and he taught me how to make gumbo, and I made a killer <gasps> gumbo, gumbo, and I kind of got away from it, but you know, the key with that is if you burn the roux, it's toast, all over. It's all over. That's right. But I might try a little gumbo recipe here soon. I think Becky was laughing at me yesterday. I said, you know what? This is my new thing. This is my new hobby. I might take, I actually said this word in the kitchen. I might take a cooking class. I love this. <laughs> Did I you don't... do your random fact? I don't even no. know. No. Okay. Right, quickly, random sorry. fact. Uh, mm. The word bikini comes from a language spoken on the Marshall Islands called Marshallese, and it literally translates to surface of coconuts. There you go. Random, fact, random fact for this Monday. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Yeah, I love Crowded House, and musically, I, there's some real exciting news for, I think, for St. Louis and for fans of The Mighty Pines, which is a local band, and I am a huge fan of The Mighty Pines, and Neil Sausage is um, the lead singer, guitar player for The Mighty Pines, he's going to be on The Voice, I think maybe even soon, so for the new season, but we'll tell you about that here in the next hour. I just remembered that this afternoon, I'm having Abby pull some music for people who don't know The Mighty Pines, an outstanding Local band, I'm very, very happy for Neil, so I can't wait to hear more about that. He was telling me last week, they, they don't even know, like even the contestants don't know that they're going to be on for the audition until the day of the show. They don't let that information out too early. All right, we started this, um, this show this afternoon with State Representative Steve Botts, who will be there on Friday in um, South City, right near his home at St. Stephen's, as we start our Fish Fry Fridays, which is going to be great fun. Steve took the time because his sister uh, was brutally murdered by someone who should have been in jail or prison. So he took his time today and he went to the arraignment for Daniel Riley on these charges related to the terrible accident from more than a week ago of the um, Janae Edmondson who lost her legs in that accident. He said one of the things that stuck, stood out, Sue, is when he talked about her father being there and said, I don't think he said this on the air, but when he called me this afternoon, he goes, that guy should be like, he should run for president because he was so impressive and really um, he said he thought he had a military background, yeah, right? He was yeah. calm and self-possessed. Right. Very, yeah. very impressive. Well, uh, with us this afternoon to talk a little bit more about this case, and we can get into the Murdoch case as well. John Davis, former federal prosecutor and criminal defense attorney, with us this afternoon. Hey, John, how are you? Happy Monday. 
I'm well. How are you? Happy Monday. Pretty good. What was? Let's just kind of start with a broad question about the end of last week and the way that it wrapped up with Andrew Bailey and the ultimatum that got thrown down. Kim Gardner, the circuit attorney, is defiant. She holds a pep rally, not a news conference, and and now we're off and running, kind of playing the waiting game. But on the legal maneuver that Andrew's trying here, the quo moronto. What's your opinion of that? And what? How would you handicap the chances of that actually working? Well, I'm not very good at handicapping things, but um, so the court warranto, it, it's it's not unheard of in Missouri history, especially, but it is rare. Um, and there's kind of a fine line between this one because court warranto is, is, is basically designed for someone who shouldn't be holding office for legal reasons. This case is she shouldn't be holding office because of neglect or negligence. And a lot of times that's left up to the voters. But we've reached a level at this point that I think, and it's my personal opinion, that it's beyond that. And that's the position that the AG has taken with this warrant that he's filed to prosecute her for just constant negligence. But when you say that it's usually used for legal reasons, what explain what you mean by that. My understanding is when it was used in 2009, there were reasons related to a drug case in Dent County for the prosecutor there. Is that what you're referring to, if someone has done something that might be also illegal, or are there other reasons that Quo Ronto is used? There's other reasons as well. Perhaps there, there, um, there was some... Um, I don't want to say malfeasance, but some some uh, reason that they got into office they shouldn't have gotten into office. I mean, translated out into English, it means by what authority, meaning by what authority are you in this position you're in? And if there is no authority, then you need to be removed. Now, in this case, it's neglect. Um, it's, you know, failure to perform your duty. That's normally something that's left up to the voters. Right. So what I hear there, and this is how I interpret what I heard you, and I've been asking several people about this, but what I think I heard, and you say you're not very good at handicapping, I heard something to the effect that, yeah, it's a good chance that the judges will maybe look at this and say, this does not really qualify under that particular legal maneuver. Well, I've read the the petition that that the AG filed, and it's very well written, very well thought out. I mean, if I were going to handicap it on, you know, some summary judgment or something like that, I don't think that'll happen. I think the merits will be played out. Um, but in the end, I, I really wouldn't want to place a bet on one way or the yeah. other. But you say merits will be played out in the sense that there's going to be interviews and witnesses and things along those lines, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what about on the particulars as a, a former federal prosecutor and the particulars of what Kim Gardner was offering last week in her pep rally as far as a defense in the, um, you know, the application for, and I, I'm lost on the legal terms, but she was drawing a distinction between some of the petitions being oral or written. Can you weigh in on that, John? Well, you know, when I taught at SLU Law School and at Lindenwood, I always used to tell everybody, because I used to be a state prosecutor before I was a federal prosecutor, And I say the difference between state court and federal court, as far as criminal prosecution goes, is the difference between a bar fight and a fencing match. Um, The bar fight being state court, the fencing match being federal court. 
So in in state court, you know, th- there could be oral motions, um, but it, it's. I looked at the record. I looked at the docket. I don't see anything. And I know uh, Terrence Niehoff, who was an attorney for the gentleman, um, had some comment about it that the prosecution did ask for um, the bond to be revoked. But I don't see it in the docket report at all. And that's, you know, that's my um, my experience at federal court is if it happens in court, it's documented. It's in the docket. And you see it, and it's just not in the state docket whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that's what we heard from other people last week. So if that's not there, that would sort of back up the uh, the allegation that the request was not made properly, right? Correct. That is correct. The um, well, I mentioned you know Steve Butts was there today for this particular uh, situation with with the arraignment. I you know there's so many people that have gotten worked up about this, and and I I'd like to think that we we're going to have a resolution here, maybe even outside of the court. Maybe the right people get to Kim Gardner and say, look, uh, you don't have the faith and the confidence of the electorate. But on the other hand, there's no indication, John, that that's her pattern here, right? I think that they hang on. She's making a fair amount of money in this office. They were relatively defiant. I think very defiant. Last week, so why, when you have Colorado that might not work, and you have no recall option, which hopefully lawmakers are going to work on, I guess if you're Kim Gardner, why not stay in the office, right? I suppose. Um, I mean, at, at some point you want to save face, but um, <laughs> that's a tough one to answer, really, because you know that's subjective as to what she's thinking, but. I think the walls are closing in on her, even in her own party. Do you think there is a way, let's say there's a, a new prosecutor that's put in there, um, appointed because she's removed, she resigns, or whatever the situation. We've gotten so bad with the, the backlog of cases. I mean, we were talking about this last week. Daniel Riley may be just one of hundreds and hundreds oh, yes. of defendants that are in the same situation between St. Louis City and St. Louis County where they maybe should be in custody and they're out there offending and reoffending time and time again. So even though a new prosecutor might get a bit more of a handle on that, we're, we're up against it because we're so far behind, aren't we, John? We are. Um, you know, I was thinking about that today when I was, uh, you know, preparing for this interview. Uh, if it's 3,000 cases we're behind today, then take a leadership role and say every week, and if it means Saturday and Sunday, it means Saturday and Sunday, we knock out 300 until it's done. it's just like anything else. The work has to be done, but is a new prosecutor going to be, you know, caught behind the eight ball already. Absolutely. But it's not that it can't be finished. John Davis with us, former federal prosecutor and criminal defense attorney. Just curious. You've worked on both sides. Uh, Have you been following, paying close attention to the Murdoch trial? I kind of got sucked in on this. I've been following since the beginning. We did some reporting, Sue, when this murder took place. Now you have the Netflix series. I I haven't watched every minute, and that's unfair because if you're on the jury, you're going to see things you can't predict juries. I've been around him enough to know that. But he certainly seemingly did a pretty good job on the uh, the stand and may have planted reasonable doubt, John. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I got plenty of thoughts on that. I have a paralegal named Carla who who listens to it um, 24-7. Nonstop. Yeah. Um, she's only a couple offices away from me, so I get to hear a lot of it. And then I listen to it myself. Um, I, I, yeah, I think he did a, a decent job on the stand, except for, the prosecution obviously is going to hammer on 
the fact that he's dishonest and he's been dishonest for many years and for millions of dollars. Um, and so why are you going to trust him now? The timeline really intrigues me that, you know, he says he leaves within two minutes of when the, uh, the coroner says the murder could have happened. But how did he get cleaned up? It, it, there's just a lot of questions about all of that. Is the we were talking about the field trip? I guess the jury is going to the um, to the property to see where the murders took place. What what's the questions that they might have related to that? Well, as a prosecutor, I would have agreed with what the prosecution did in this case and would have objected to that, um, and they did because the time has gone by. I, I used to handle, I used to deal with this in in federal trials mostly all the time. That you know, the defense attorney went to the the scene of the crime last week, but the crime happened two years ago right. and things don't look the same, whether furniture has been moved or trees have grown or things like that. So I would have objected to that. Um, but in the end, I don't think that's something that is going to, it's not going to create an appealable issue. It's interesting because you you don't see, I mean, from a public perspective, not working as a lawyer or prosecutor, you just don't see people taking the stand in their own defense very often because the attorneys right. don't allow it. Even even with the Kyle Rittenhouse situation, I think some people thought he might um, take the stand. He did, and he was very good. But in most situations, you, you just don't have that because it's risky, right? But this guy's a lawyer. He's very good at talking. And that's what the jury saw last week. And I don't know how easily, again, you got to look at all the evidence. But when it comes to just a little bit of reasonable doubt, would it surprise you if this comes back not guilty? No, wouldn't yeah. surprise me at all. Nor Carla. She, um, it, it, because that's all you need is a reasonable doubt. I mean, the, the jury has to decide unanimously beyond a reasonable doubt. And if there is some reasonable doubt, I know there was some some testimony on the defense today that it appeared there would have been two shooters because of the trajectory of the of the bullets or the buckshot. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but I, I, again, I'm not a betting man. So yeah, and it's hard to predict juries. It, there's, there's no doubt about that. John Davis, former federal prosecutor, it's going to be interesting to see how that wraps up, and also our situation here in St. Louis. But we appreciate you coming on here this afternoon. Well, I appreciate you having me. Thank you, John. You know, it's funny, Sue. At the beginning of all of this with the trial, we had Phil Holloway on, who's been great in our coverage and. He surprised me at the beginning because he even said he was talking about reasonable doubt and how it might not be too difficult. And my reaction at the time was, come on, Phil, this guy's guilty as hell. Look what's happened yep. here at the end of this trial. Yep. We'll see what he could still be guilty as hell, but it doesn't take much. Yeah. Hey, how about this from the weekend? But now Klaus on the break. Keller across. Klaus inside. And he pokes it into the net. And St. Louis City going to the lead with five minutes to play. One of the best things about the game, Sue, and you didn't get to see this, but every time they showed the owner's box with uh, Carolyn Kindle, Steve Moore's big noggin, our boss okay, was that's in hilarious. that as well. So when our producer emeritus, Dave Klein, sent me a picture, I was watching the game, but I didn't see the shot of the owner's box at first. So he sends me this picture and says, hey, look at Steve. So I... I focus in on his big head, he's got a big <laughs> okay. head, and I sent it to him and I said, hey, uh, this is my new screensaver. And his response was, crap. I don't think he knew he was going to be on TV quite as much. But Frank Cusimano is with uh, us. Hell of a start to the soccer team, right? It really is. You know, they say that uh, winning isn't everything, but it sure certainly gives this following Saturday a different feel. I mean, if you just went to the home of one of the best teams in the MLS 
in front of a packed house and won it in kind of swashbuckling fashion with a guy with only one name scoring a heart-stopping goal, it just doesn't get any better. We knew this Saturday was going to be great, but this certainly adds to it. Yeah, and boy, that place was packed, and and certainly you could tell at the end of the game you kind of popped the burst the bubble on the fans down there. But you said Friday, I think I remember a guy saying Friday that this team might be better than predicted because of the talent that they've loaded up here. Yeah, we had uh, the head coach uh, Bradley Cornell on last night, and he was talking about how um, they didn't mind that being picked to finish last. It was a good, you know, they didn't need any more incentive, but that certainly didn't hurt their motivation. Let's talk about it. We, I didn't leave you a lot of time here, so i got to cover some stuff fastly. Who is Tink Hentz, and why should I be impressed by his 96-mile-per-hour fastball combined with an 85-mile-per-hour slider? Because I heard he did pretty well today down in that game against the Mets. He did, and he comes into games, you know, he's a starter, and he starts off throwing between 96 and 100. I mean, I don't know many starting pitchers. I mean, Jordan Hicks really wasn't a starter, but I don't know many starters that start off throwing that hard. Plus his body type, he's not one of these, like, 6'5", 250-pounders. You know, he weighs about 180, 190 pounds, probably 190 now. And you just don't know where he gets the whip from, but, man, does he a special talent. And then he can drop with the slider of the changeup to 84 miles per hour. Yeah, he was a part of the Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn draft class, which could end up being one of Randy Flores' you know, best of all time. But is this a guy that could you know, see some time at the beginning of the season, or are we just kind of keeping an eye on him down the road? No, yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to yeah. be with the club at, at the beginning, but we could see him sometime this summer. Uh, the Blues made another trade yesterday, didn't they? Uh, they did, and they, they gave up a guy in Ivan Barbashev who's been a really good player uh, for a couple of years. And he he helped them win a championship. And, you know, the coach we were at practice today just gushed about him because the coach has gone off on a lot of veterans. He wasn't going off on him because you could never question Barbashev's motivation, and he always gave it 110%. They did make an interesting move, though. They picked up this Kasperi Kapanen from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, He was, you know, basically – uh, put on waivers. And this is a former first-round draft choice. He's 26 years old, and the Blues had him at practice today. And he's going to get a chance to play right away tomorrow night against Seattle. So, I look, they got 23 games left. I'm not optimistic about any of them. Uh, we'll see what kind of heart and guts they play with down the stretch. So let's touch one more thing here on Mizzou basketball front. I was watching the beginning of the game on Saturday, and it, it's a conference game. And plus that team had won, I think, 13-2 and on their home court. The Tigers end up blowing them out. If they can run the tables here and they get the double bye in the SEC tournament, we're still looking maybe a 5, 6, or 7 seed, not an 8 or 9 for this team. That was a big game on the road, I think, on Saturday for Mizzou. Yeah, it really was, and they, they packed their jump shots. You know, Mark, it's an interesting team because they get out-rebounded. They don't have much inside, but gosh, they shoot it and share it. And on Saturday, I think it was 50% from three. Everybody was just killing it. There are moments, uh, there are stretches this season where you think, there's not a team in America that can play with Mizzou when they're hitting the three like that. Now, they've had some clunkers, but for them to be you know, where they were at the beginning of the season, no expectations, new team, new coach, to be on the cusp of a maybe a six or a five seed in the NCAA tournament is yeah, a remarkable season. Well, and you really you should beat LSU. They've only won two conference games, but again, this team, Mizzou, is capable of throwing in a clunker. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. You close out the season, the regular season against Ole Miss, so you could win these next two. It's going to be fun to watch. Frank, we'll talk on Friday afternoon. 
Sounds good, Mark. Thank you. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 